0: Alright, welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes, the podcast where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host. Great to have you aboard. As last time, you know, if you're listening from Florida, we hope you're on the mend there and recovering from Hurricane Ian. And Godspeed, God bless. Hopefully things get back to normal for you there Uh, here in the Midwest and probably a lot of parts throughout the country really it seems like we're extremely dry right now uh very dry conditions here in fact the mississippi river in my area is most likely by the time this is all done going to reach the second lowest level ever that it's ever been recorded or measured so uh pretty serious here we're praying for rain which is an odd thing because the last several years we've had pretty much the opposite problem a lot of flooding and you know almost too much rain over the last several years but this has been as dry of a drought as i can remember here so hopefully that turns around here very soon you know times are tough right now inflation's high things the cost of things are going up people are having to dip into savings and you know cash out investments things like that just to make ends meet and times like this are really key and you know prime time for predators, financial predators, to prey on vulnerable people. And that's what this episode will discuss. One who did just that, a man by the name of Scott Tucker, the payday loan predator. Uh, this is a gentleman that's also been discussed on White, uh, not I mean on the American Greed on their show. So you'll be able to see a little bit more about him on there if you like. But he was born in 1962 in Kansas City. Uh, not much is really known about his upbringing, so probably nothing highly unusual about it. So he uh, probably had a normal you know, Midwest upbringing. He, uh, in 2001 though, he started an online business, which was known as AMG Services. And this was a payday loan service which provided high interest loans. And for those of you living, I'd say most of you probably know what, most of you listening probably know what a payday loan is. But for those of you that are not, these are loans that people start sign up for. Usually not a real great big deal amount, uh, often with the agreement to pay it back as soon as possible, like, you know, i.e. your next payday. Now... That's all good and whatnot, but the problem is with these loans, they charge extremely high interest rates. Most of the time, people pay well, well over what they do, uh, what they actually borrowed. And, you know, that's just the world of finance that we live in. You know, when you, when you buy a house or a car or any of you have had credit cards, you know, time you pay a lot of these things off, you certainly have paid, you know, probably as, almost as much or sometimes some cases more in interest than you did on the actual product that you, uh, that you bought. And that's, you know, that's just life here in the United States really, uh, unfortunately, but there are those that take an extra advantage of that and prey on people that are financially vulnerable and they, uh, target people that are just in this situation of living payday to payday or paycheck to paycheck. And they almost have nowhere else to turn. Many times, uh, some of them don't make enough money to, you know, qualify for, a low-interest loan from a, you know, conventional source. Uh, Some of them, you know, just simply don't have the money or they have bad credit and, you know, they can't get conventional sources to give them a chance while these uh, predators, so to speak, like this, are always willing to take anybody on and, you know, eat alive any amount of their money they can get their hands on. Now, many regions in the United States, many states here, these loans are restricted on the amount of interest they can charge, or in some states, they are even outright illegal to operate on these uh, payday loan and predatory loan businesses. Now, you know, I would say check your own state to find out, you know, if these type of loans are allowed, or if they are, what's the maximum amount of interest they can charge, because most states, do have regulations on these for this reason because of the predatory nature of these type of loans. Now, when states did get wind of what he was doing and operating these, uh, you know, basically legal loan sharking, they did most of them did try to shut him down, and that's when he devised the scheme to turning to Native American tribes to try to claim oversight. Of his business, and that would shield him from state courts, as many of these uh, tribes operated independently in, on, you know, on reservations and such, and uh, in some aspects did not, uh, you know, have their businesses. You know, a lot of casinos and things like that that operate on these uh, reservations are not always uh, guided or strictly regulated by the state, and he took advantage of that and went into an under-the-table partnership with a lot of these tribes to get them to claim ownership of his business and therefore protect him from state regulation and, you know, regulation by the state courts. Now, of course, uh, it was found that later a lot of these tribes possibly got kickbacks from this quote-unquote partnership, but that's a whole other story, but that's uh, nonetheless, you know, probably a pretty slick scheme on his part to come up with that and even try or attempt to try something like that to protect himself from regulators. I haven't seen many other attempt this, so, you know, you got to give him style points for originality, I guess, for trying something that uh, was not necessarily, uh, you know, thought of before. And like a lot of others, Mr. Tucker had a shady business and criminal record prior to getting caught and getting in trouble. Uh, In fact, all the way back in 1991, so we're talking over 30 years ago now, he did a year in Leavenworth, federal prison in Kansas, for a mail fraud and making false statements to a bank. And, you know, he's not the only one that we've covered on this podcast that uh, had a criminal background prior to making their big hit in the white collar crime world, coming up with their big scheme and scam that paid the most of all. Surprisingly, a lot of these guys had shady records and criminal records before this, yet somehow people still trust them with their money. Now, you know, this happened a long time ago, so maybe it was a little harder for this to come to surface. And, you know, like I said, too, some of these cases that we've talked about have been in the 90s and early 2000s, when Internet was not completely dominant like it is now, and social media and things were not around then. So it was a little harder to find things out about people back then. Maybe that's why... It took so long, like, you know, the 90s uh, late-night TV pitchman Kevin Trudeau with all the, you know, the self-medicating, self-help guru guy that, you know, made millions and millions of scamming off of people. And, you know, he had done some time in prison as well, I think it was, if I recall correctly, for some credit card frauds or things like that. But yet somehow people still trust these uh, guys. With a lot of money, even though knowing, uh, you know, they have less than uh, reputable reputations and, you know, very questionable past business practices, a lot of them have. Yet, nonetheless, people do still do trust them. And uh, he had, you know, been busted before. Like I said, he did some time in Levin work for some mail fraud and, you know, making false statements to a bank. And as I also said, Mr. Tucker preyed on vulnerable people with these uh, predatory loans charging many times over what was borrowed and you know again he's certainly not alone in this uh racket if you you know for lack of better words because you know that's what these loans do and i'm sure the overwhelming majority of you listening to this you know anywhere you can drive around probably not far from where you live you can go into town or you know around town and see especially like in these little strip malls and things like that you'll see these you know, payday loan type places and and whatnot, and that's what these these operate as. And again, people who are in you know financial uh, distress or people that have bad credit and can't go to traditional sources, sometimes this is the only option they have on the table. And that's and these uh, you know uh, loaners here know that, and they prey upon that, and they take advantage of that, and charge ridiculously high interest rates. And you know if you know they make the money back hand over fist and then some, but oftentimes it uh, is certainly at the expense of the borrower. And he was known to uh, do this as well, charge many times over the amount that was borrowed. And he was known to also raid the bank accounts for other fees and quote related expenses that people uh, had no idea they had supposedly agreed to or signed up to when they took out these loans. And Many stated that they did not agree to the types of terms and things that Mr. Tucker was operating on. And that led to complaints being filed and him starting to get on the radar of law enforcement and regulators and and whatnot. And like I said, he was already kind of on the radar of some uh, law enforcement and regulators in a lot of states. That's, like I said a little bit ago, that's why he came up with the idea of... Reporting or turning these things over to the uh, Native American tribes and whatnot to, you know, that way he could stay a little bit clear of state regulation and things like that. And so, you know, again, very slick and savvy, you know, but uh, honesty was certainly not his uh, strong suit in the business world. So, as I said, he's starting to pop up on the radar, and by 2012, his problems began civilly with the uh, Federal Trade Commission. And these federal authorities began looking at other criminal violations as well because, as I said, he was getting around charging a lot of times interest well over what the state regulators allowed. And what it was in the state of, I think it was Oklahoma and a few other states, found out he was operating in these states without even having a proper license to do so. You know, because most states, to operate any type of financial lending, you do have to have, you know, some type of license or permit to do so. and. He was operating in many of these states without doing so. Now, again, a lot of times, as I said, in a lot of these states, he hid around the Native American tribes. But nonetheless, uh, at this point, by 2012, the feds are getting on to him, not just the state regulators. And eventually, in 2016, he was ordered to pay a staggering $1.2 billion fine to his victims. And he was banned from the lending business, which, you know, we talked about that On last week's show uh, that many times when these folks are done and they're they're through and they're convicted, they uh, lose their license to ever practice in the field again. You know, we talked about that with Michael Milken on last week's show and many other times that's the case. Jordan Belfort, you know, on and on we've had these uh, white-collar criminals and they lose their license to do so. Now, as I've said many times, that doesn't stop them from still practicing and preying on people. They're still able to you know, work behind the scenes and things like that. And if they have enough money, they can find a way to scam and turn it into more money. And, uh, so he was on the radar by then, and they are starting to see some of the scamming that he had been done and some of the lives that he'd been ruining. And, you know, some of the people who'd been, you know, as they claimed that they had been preyed upon for conditions they did not agree to. But, you know, Mr. Tucker just still still simply helped himself to their, uh, bank accounts and things like that so uh pretty uh pretty slick and savvy uh con artist but it didn't just stop at the civil things continued to snowball for a while out of control for him he began to get on again the radar of a lot of of the wrong people and by 2016 they finally went formal with it and brought up charges with him and he was indicted and arrested for various RICO violations and violating the Truth in Lending Act, which, you know, regulates just that, the lending industry. And RICO, as we said, that was something we've talked about on here before. That was started back in the early 70s, I think around 1972 or so, to help regulate and to uh, crack down on organized crime. And this ultimately was very beneficial and crucial to... Rudolph Giuliani, when he was a federal prosecutor in New York in the 1980s, he used this to drastically bust up the mafia and organized crime in New York. And it's been used many times on many other illegal rackets. And that's basically what Tucker was operating. You know, he was a you know, no different really than a mafia loan shark or somebody organized in some type of uh, illegal racketeering. He, he was no different whatsoever. And they used that against him to charge him and bring him to justice. And eventually, he was convicted on 14 counts total uh, the following year in 2017. And these charges and convictions included racketeering and some illegal loans. And in 2017, he also popped up on the radar of the tax man, and he faced some tax evasion charges. Which, you know, we've talked about several people on this show, white-collar criminals, that have uh, fallen prey to that. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about Martha Stewart. And uh, prior to that, Wesley Snipes, you know, uh, a big Hollywood star, you know, he did a few years in prison for this. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, it's been a while back, I think it was last year, we covered uh, Leona Helmsley, the Queen of Mean, the big uh, real estate uh, tycoon in the 70s and 80s. She uh, was brought down by not paying taxes as well. And, you know, you can go all the way back to one of the most famous criminals of all time, you know, gangster Al Capone in Chicago during the Prohibition days. You know, a lot of people think probably from the Untouchables movies and things like that that he was brought down by, uh, you know, uh, the Untouchables gang and, you know, brought down on all the criminal charges he did, you know, the murdering and bootlegging and all that stuff he was. But no, what they brought Al Capone down for was not paying his taxes. That's what he ended up going to prison for, I think, for about 11 years or so. And, uh, you know, it's gotten a lot of very powerful people. And Mr. Tucker, despite his wealth and power at this point, he was not able to get away much longer. And he, as I said, was finally convicted on these federal charges. And by exploiting these Native American tribes to launder his money, he is believed to have made hundreds of millions of dollars from these predatory loans. You know, not just a few million, but hundreds of millions of dollars Mr. Tucker had made on these loans. Now, I'm not sure where he got the money really to start this business, but rest assured he made quite a bit preying on some very innocent and vulnerable people some of the loans that he was involved in doing as i said exceeded what states allow and again you can check your own individual state and see what they allow or don't allow most states do have some kind of limit on you know the maximum amount of interest that somebody can charge but it was discovered that in many of these loans in many of these cases throughout the united states He was charging anywhere from 700 to 100, I'm sorry, 1,000% interest on these loans, which is absolutely mind-blowing and staggering. You know, do the math. That is, uh, I never was very good at math. That's why I work in the criminal justice field. But uh, trust me, even I know that is a monstrous amount, you know, because think about when you're talking about credit cards, most of those have you know, 20, 25, 28 percent, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, give or take a little bit. And when you're talking 700 to a thousand percent, that this shows you the mind-blowing and predatory nature that he had. And and unfortunately, the desperate situation of people who had to borrow from this. You know, I'm very thankful I've never been in a situation that I've had to borrow money like that. You know, no judgment on anybody if you're listening and you've had to. You know, I, I don't know what I might do if I get in a desperate enough situation, but you know that's the shameless and sleazy thing about people like Scott Tucker, they prey on people that are vulnerable like that and take advantage of it and take them to the cleaners and clean out their bank account and ruin their life and their credit. And you know, they take the money and run. So, you know, hopefully, I, I hope and pray I never find myself in that kind of situation. But you know, if you have, I'm sure you can relate, it, it's not funny paying you know this back because. It's almost impossible, depending on how much you borrowed, you know, to pay back a high amount, like that, high amount like that. And he wasn't alone. He had two brothers that were implicated in this as well. But one, before he could really be brought to justice, committed suicide. And the other did face some uh, criminal and civil penalties as well. So he you know, brought his family into it. It became kind of, uh, as that saying goes, a, a family affair. And as I said a little bit ago, you know, through laundering this money through these uh, Native American tribes, it's very well possible that he made hundreds of millions of dollars. And he, as I said, was able to take that money and make even more money. And made a lot of that money involved in car racing, uh, you know, race car driving. He apparently made pretty good fortune at it. And I think, you know, from what I was reading and I think what was mentioned on the American Greed episode, it's been a while since I've seen that episode, but I think he did halfway well in the racing world, and, you know, was able to build off that and make a little bit of money off that as well, so, uh, you know, as that saying goes, the rich get richer, and that's what he did, but it did come to, uh, come with a price, and, you know, eventually, uh, you know, time catches up, and, you know, you got to pay the fiddler, and, uh, he did, like I said, live the high life for a while, a lot of fancy cars, homes, you know, that kind of thing, but, you know, man upstairs keeps score, and he was finally brought to justice. And he was eventually sentenced to 16 years and eight months in federal prison, which puts him being released in the year 2032. So we've got 10 more years of Mr. Tucker being locked up before we have to wonder about what he'll do, because, you know, we always discuss that usually, too, that, you know, what what will happen post-release and will they offend again, and, you know, some of them you know, are end up spending enough time in prison that, you know, they're going to be old or die in there, you know, in case like Bernie Madoff. But most of these ones are going to see the light of day again, so you have to kind of wonder what they are going to do when they get out. And that's a uh, case there. You know, who knows, if we're still around in 10 years on this podcast, we may do a little follow-up and see what Mr. Tucker is up to. But he's certainly out there and able to prey upon more um, at some point, someday, he'll be out there to do that again, so who knows, and, uh, you know, he might just jump back into the predatory loan business, because unfortunately, as long as desperate people need cash, there are going to be predators like Scott Tucker out to take advantage of them. So be sure and look out for your friends and family in these types of situations, and, you know, help us keep uh, shining a light on people like this. Uh, you know, like our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes, you can uh, check out, you uh, my website ryan-horn.com if you want to be uh if you need any voiceover service i'm always glad to help work with you and provide that uh finished a audiobook with beacon Audiobooks that's going to be out at any time and i'm actually starting on another one right now for them that should be released here very soon also finished one for the app uh, we hear so check those out and they said yeah I'll check that out or you know if you got a suggestion for a show or any type of ideas or comments uh please feel free to email me at uh, ryanhornvt at gmail.com always welcome that we're always glad to have you aboard on here and uh we thank you very much for tuning in and being a part of this helping us shine the light on people who don't always get the scrutiny that they need and we thank you for helping us make that on here possible so did want to say that next week i will be out of town and traveling so there will not be a show next week which uh that will be october 25th but we will be back that following tuesday night or whenever you know next that'll be available when it depends on whenever you listen to us but yeah there will not be a show next week but we will be back the following week and we look forward to seeing you then god bless and take care folks